Good afternoon. Happy Friday. Eric Bailey alongside Eli Letterman talking Oklahoma football coming down to the stretch run of the signing day. Uh, Wednesday is the big day when uh, Brent Venables is going to sign his Really, I guess this would be his first complete class because he started so late last year. This uh, signing class will have his fingerprints all over it. And uh, Eli, uh, stretch run. I, you know, it's going to be pins and needles all weekend. I think a lot of the players are locked in and committed, but there'll be some that we're still going to wait and see what happens. Yeah, I guess I, I I like to think of it as as truly his first class. You can do a lot of verbal gymnastics on first you know year of a full run of the recruiting cycle all this but really last year and you were there for it all Eric but they came in and they just had to secure a class uh and and I think this year is is their first run and you, you we're getting to see kinds of players they're targeting the kind of recruiting they want to have uh and and what this coaching staff can do and I can say this I mean I've, I've heard everywhere I've gone and the coaches I've spoken to there's been a lot of uh, good buzz around just the way this staff has recruited, uh, hearing, you know, very relational, which none of that's a surprise, I don't think, knowing this staff. But that that might really be one of their big skills. We can all talk about the, the 12 football games this fall, but another part of that job is recruiting. And from the sound of it and from the look of it, I mean, the Sooners, as of today, stand number seven uh, nationally in the 24-7 rankings. And they have done a good job recruiting, and, and they could – could get a lot better this next week, but it really is for them now about getting this class, whoever they add to it, whoever they have in it for now, still there and then signing uh, on the 21st. It's so important for this team to really set the foundation. I know the transfer portal will always be there. It'll be there as far as we can see, but I think it's key, and Brent Venables has mentioned this, is ground up, building from the ground up. It's getting those high school recruits in, getting those true freshmen in there and developing them. I think that's huge. So uh, when we look at this class right now, I think there's 23 uh, commitments, three transfer portal players, 26 total. I think it'll grow, you know, a handful more, four or five more, maybe. That's a lot. That's a big number, maybe two or three. Let's go two or three. But you had an opportunity this week to go see Jackson Arnold. Uh, that's probably the gem of the class. Really, the, the guy that everyone's, uh, Brent, who Brent Venables has built this class around. Can you talk a little bit about just your visit down to Denton and, and meeting face-to-face with Jackson? Yeah, well, so Jackson Arnold, as you put it out, he's the gem of this class because he's the fifth-ranked quarterback in the class of 2023. He's the number one prospect in the state of Texas for 2023. Uh, by all those metrics and then by a lot of others from what people have seen him do on the field. Uh, at, at Denton Geyer High School. He is one of the big prospects nationally this year coming out of high school. And there's a reason that, that Brent Venables and his staff have built a class around him and why he's viewed as the quarterback really of the future at OU. I think if, if there's anybody, if you want to put betting odds on who's going to replace Dylan Gabriel down the road, be the next OU quarterback, safe money would be on Jackson Arnold. So I took the drive down to Denton, which, you know, he one thing he told me, proximity to home helps. And I'm, I'm sitting here in OKC uh two and a half hour drive it was a breeze to Denton and so so that's one bit of this for Jackson Arnold no you was was being able to play football close to home so he could have done it most anywhere but I got down to Denton Geyer um I mean shoot from the very start Jackson Arnold let me in the door uh, and we just sat in a uh in a conference room and chatted talked kind of everything from you know his, his high school career I was there on Wednesday his high school career only ended on Saturday uh, he jumped into his last week of classes this week. He's done. And then in January, after playing in the All-American game, he'll be coming to OU as a mid-year enrollee and kind of starting his whole college experience. So he's got a lot going on right now. Uh, but he's he's poised. He's mature. And, and, you know, beyond 
talking about the end of his high school career, we also, you know, we dove into, you know, shoot his earliest memories playing quarterback. And, and a lot of this stuff will show up in a big feature on Jackson next week. But we talked about OU, what he's looking forward to, his expectations. Uh, and, and he really does seem like a, a, a player, not just talent-wise, but in terms of, of personality and build, who, who's ready and, and mature and kind of knows what's coming for him in Norman. You know, it's funny, too, we're, we'll talk about Jackson a little more. Like you said, there's a big story, a bigger profile piece coming next week on Jackson. You've had a chance to talk to a lot of the people close to him and around him, and uh, I think everyone's excited about that. They're always excited about those freshmen, especially those five-star quarterbacks when they come in uh, with a lot of big pedigree. So uh, when we look at Denton Geyer, there's another player over there we're looking at, too. I mean, that's that's the thing. Peyton Bowen, the defensive back, everyone, top 10 guy in the country. He's been a long time commit to Notre Dame, but it really seems like everything's trending toward Oklahoma. When we talk about, you know, signing days, the flips, the decisions, the craziness, I think we're hearing some of that this weekend with the, with Peyton, where Oregon's become a real major player in his recruitment. I think uh, Marcus Freeman has a really uh, solidified his relationship with the family as well from the Notre Dame coach. So I, and you know, I don't think Oklahoma has ever given up on Peyton. So I'm just really curious what's going to happen with that. When you look at Peyton Bowen, what he could bring to this defense, what, you know, instant, it would, you know, you throw him back there, Peyton Bowen, Bowen and Billy Bowman, <laughs> would that be fun to say? Yeah. Ooh. You look at this, the, just the talent. We've watched some of his games in, in, uh, the state playoffs this year, and he's just dynamic. He's an athlete. He's where the ball is. So I think he's a guy you can really build a defense around. And uh, I, I guess it's something for an Oklahoma fan. They're really going to keep an eye on this kid from Denton Guyer as well. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's sort of, I, I guess, you know, when you think about Billy Bowman, a guy who came in to OU as, as this ultra-athletic defensive back. I think we're talking in a lot of the same ways about Peyton Bowen, but where his impact maybe starts is with another defensive back commit in the past week was – Dye McCullough. He kind of came as, as part of the package deal with his brother. And we'll maybe get to him, the, the Indiana freshman, Desan McCullough. Uh, but but you add Dye and you have Makari Vickers and you have Josiah Wagner, you have uh, Mustangs Jacoby Johnson, who I think is going to come in as a defensive back. It's already a really talented class at that position. You add Peyton Bowen and then you just start thinking a year or two down the road and this defense Brent Venables wants to develop. And all that, I mean, this, that's where, that's why I think OU fans should be, should have their eyes on this. The bowl game is going to be what it's going to be at the end of the month. But if you're an OU fan and you want to say Brent Venables is going to get this right, it starts with this recruiting class. And 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 then on down from there, if you want to keep narrowing it, if it's about Brent Venables' defense and then about this secondary, Peyton Bowen becomes kind of that second gem of the class. They both be coming from Denton Geyer High School. Uh, but but maybe that's where, you know, this next foundation for OU starts between him and Jackson Arnold. And I think in this day and age, I mean, Eric, you tell me about a decade back, you had all these old old school, old fashioned signing day flips, right? I think we we haven't gotten a lot of those, but we might we could potentially have one in store. At least there's an intriguing development here, probably ahead with Peyton Bowen uh, coming into Wednesday. We don't we don't get a lot of those anymore. It's not just a flip. It's a top 10 flip, too, uh, with exactly. Notre Dame. I mean, a Notre Dame team that's been nationally ranked all season. So I think that's the key. And uh, you're right. I mean, I think you look at Bowen, what he could bring to this defense. And you know what's impressed me a lot about this recruiting class that Oklahoma's put together? They're, they're a top 10 recruiting class. They're a 6-6 six and six program with a top 10 uh, recruiting class. That just has a lot about the, the job Brent Venables and his staff has done on keeping these players tight, keeping them in, in the fold. I know that there were some guys that drifted away, but 
even with some of the losses they've had in this recruiting this recruiting cycle, I still think that it's really in good shape. I think that they're really doing well. Um, you mentioned, uh, you know, looking forward, we look at this class overall. I had a chance to talk to some kids. I did a story on uh, Caden Green. Uh, and uh, just so impressed with him and what he, he's he been able to do from Nebraska, just his excitement about playing for the Sooners. Bill Biedenboe had such an impact on him as yeah. well as Creed Humphrey and Orlando Brown. He talked about meeting them. You know, he's from nearby. He's from Lee Summit North, which is close to Kansas City. So he, he's gotten to watch some of Bill Biedenboe's uh, top players. He's a top 50 player, according to rivals. So he'll on the offensive line, he's going to be big. Uh, writing a story right now on Cade McIntyre out of Nebraska, tight end. I mean, he was a guy who they didn't know what side of the ball he's going to play for. And it looks like Joe, Joe John Finley is going to get him. Uh, he's a kid that's excited about his opportunity to come down here and play. Uh, you know, they, they, we look at this staff, the roster all across the board. Uh, you mentioned, you know, you're, you're looking at, we're looking at Juco's too. Um, mm-hmm. Juco from NEO. Um, name escapes me. Help me out. Uh, Kendall Dolby. Kendall Dolby. Yeah, Kendall Dolby. I couldn't think of Kendall's name. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> looking at how the mix is with this recruiting class, and I think it's really, really impressive with what Oklahoma has been able to do, not only getting them, but keeping them during this tough year. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, it's probably worth a blanket statement, and we can make it a lot of times the next week when we're talking about recruiting. These stars, star numbers, these rankings can only matter so much. I mean, there have been five-star recruits that go on to win Heisman trophies. There are others who who leave and hit the portal a year or two later. Um, no, no, not, you know, Theo Weiss, who, who left the Sooners this year, that's a former five-star recruit. And I think, you know, the, the, these are not all guarantees. But when you look at, and we talk about the foundation and you look at the the signing class they're bringing in, you can see, see the vision, I think. I think you see Jackson Arnold and, and you see maybe that next quarterback at OU. You look at PJ Adeboare from Kansas City. You visited with him. Uh, and, and some of the defensive line talent they're bringing in. The secondary we hit on, Caden Green, you know, has the look, and you mentioned that pedigree. He's been an OU fan. He, he's going to go work with Bill Biedenboe. Maybe he is that next big-time OU offensive lineman. So we, we can't predict anything just about yeah. right now. But at the same time, you really do kind of see it. You see all the – you see the vision when you look up and down this class, and, and there probably are guys – uh, who don't have the star rating even within the class. There's a, I'm, I'm certain there's a three-star in here uh, who is not going to get bandied about the next two weeks, who, who may emerge as an impact player, and there very well could be a, a four- or five-star that we talk all about uh, who doesn't wind up having that impact. But you can see the vision here. They're going to keep adding to it. And uh, you mentioned Kendall Dolby. You know, the, the portal is going to be another place, particularly for 2023. I mean, some of these guys – coming out of high school will be a year or two down the road, but 2023 is where, where the portal comes into play. And they've already added a bit there. Yeah. Yeah. You look at what they have, Austin Stogner, a tight end, name everyone with the homecoming. South Carolina, came back to Oklahoma, Jacob Lacey, uh, Notre Dame, defensive line help. Uh, he'll help on that defensive line, defensive tackle. Uh, you know, you bring experience from Notre Dame, someone who's played some big games before. I think that's key. And then uh, McCullough, Dason McCullough, mm-hmm. uh, four sacks for Indiana, edge rusher. Exactly what Oklahoma needs. They need that pressure from the outside. I think this is someone they could come in. Kind of curious to see what direction they're going to go uh, portal-wise. I think wide receiver, there's a ton of wide receiver offers out right now. I think that's the key. Are they going to bring some guys in? For wide receiver and uh, as well as do you need another offensive line? I guess you can't have too many offensive line and defensive linemen. The one player really everyone's kind of keeping an eye on right now is Trace Ford, uh, Oklahoma State. How about that little bedlam, yeah. bedlam uh, portal yeah. action. 
Yeah, last time, yeah, last time we saw him play, he was in Norman just a few uh the game before last, two games ago, he yep. was in Norman playing against the Sooners. Now look at him. He he made he took a visit and we saw on social media he he took a picture of him visiting OU and and I know Trace Ford is someone that everyone's keeping an eye on as well. Yeah, man, that would that would be a big big one, both <laughs> in terms of what it would mean for the Sooners, and then you can you can imagine between Norman and Stillwater the emotions going on. I know in Stillwater with with kind of all the portal developments and some of Mike Gundy's comments, there's some frayed nerves up there that that probably wouldn't help things interesting to note that probably none of it means anything but think about these notre dame ou kind of links right now you've got jacob lacy coming from notre dame Mm -hmm. as a transfer you have the mccullough brothers whose father is an assistant for the fighting irish yeah and now you might be talking about I, i i don't think it's an exaggeration to say the biggest kind of potential flip or situation to be watching going into signing day is a five-star safety who's committed to the Fighting Irish who might be coming to Norman. (laughs) So I don't know what's there. I'm just saying, keep an eye on it. I don't know what it is, but it might be something. might be nothing. You know, it's funny, too, when we talk about Trace Ford, we talk about Oklahoma being a player and maybe trying to get him on campus. You know who else is a player? Lincoln Riley and USC. Uh, that mm-hmm. they're, they're in they're in the fold too and you know Lincoln Riley had a good look at Trace Ford when when he was coaching OU so I Trace Ford's in a good spot right now in terms of his next step uh, but he would really help Oklahoma a lot at a position in need on the defensive end I mean uh, you know you, you have Reggie Grimes you have Ethan Downs but you cannot have enough depth at that spot especially on edge rusher so I, I'm just kind of curious how Trace, Trace Ford uh, what what he would mean to this team yeah, and ultimately with the portal, you'd probably look at OU's depth chart and outside a quarterback, and I say that maybe, there's not a position they, they couldn't go add at. Um, and they have, there's a history there. You know, you want to talk about the importance of a portal running back. Eric Gray this year was that guy on the offensive line that were former transfers uh, filling roles, and same on the defense. But, you know, timeline-wise, I think we'll, we'll probably see a steady trickle this month before the bowl game and around the holidays of guys – making commitments. But I think as we saw last year, it's after January 1, both season ends. And that is when we're just going to start getting, I think, that flood of portal movement. And we'll see just just kind of how the, the Sooners add to what they've gotten. And that's also about the time we'll know, you know, what a guy like Marvin Mims wants to do or, or some of these others who who still have yet to make a, a public decision on uh, on going pro or, or coming back to Norman next year. Marvin Mims and another one and another transfer portal guy, C.J. Colden. You look at yep. him, how he finished strong. A uh, kid out of Wyoming got here late, too, and that was the big thing. He didn't get to enroll early. So when he got here, uh, he had to learn, hit the hit the ground running. And, you know, late in the season, he really paid paid off, leads the team in interceptions. And, you know, what's his decision going to be? Because he, he turned out to be one of the Oklahoma's mm-hmm. top defensive backs. And, again, like you said, portal guy. So, we'll, we'll, you know, it's funny how the portal has really played an impact in this. And what amazes me, Eli, is how many portal players there are across the country, not just in Oklahoma, but er- – and, and is there a home for everybody? There's not. And, and that's key. That's the key. I mean, the grass isn't greener everywhere. And I think some guys find that out. Really curious to see what Austin Stogner thinks about his decision to leave and then come back. And I mean, did he, when he left for South Carolina, did he realize he had a better thing here at Oklahoma or not? Or was it just what exactly went into, into his decision to come back? I think that's the key, too. I mean, you can see some of the logic there. There's a logic there that that is simple. That is, all right, his head coach left. He followed his quarterback, Spencer Rattler, to an SEC school. After a year, he says, hmm, you know, I've got my buddies still back in Norman and maybe an opportunity. They certainly got an opening there. 
Uh, they, they, that, that was a big win for the Sooners just on filling a, that tight end role that Braden Wills is going to vacate. So that, that, that home, kind of reunion homecoming is going to be interesting. I'll be interested to hear from Austin when we finally do about kind of what went into the thinking. On the portal itself, I mean, I think there's, there's plenty of folks out there, and shoot, there's some coaches even within the state uh, up north who have their opinions about the portal. We all do. But this year, I think it's at least worth knowing, whatever opinion you've got on it, that this was always going to be the case, that between kind of the COVID years that are finally running out, but the, the, that element of this, and then the fact that this year and next, every single coach in the country almost has a, a unique power that they've never had before and never will again in terms of uh, the, the lack of scholarship limits. And that is essentially giving every program in the country the ability to more or less cut players or, or add as many as they want. And I think if you want to look at the flood into the portal and just the sheer numbers of it, you've got to look at that and, and say that that's at least part of this. But it's portal craziness right now. There, there simply can't be a home for everybody. I bet you there's coaches who have uh, appetites bigger than they can fill and others who are, you know, watching their teams decimate. And it, I mean, it's, it's far and away the most fascinating thing to be following in college football right now. But where it goes and, and where all these guys find a home is, is kind of hard to picture. Well, next week, you and I will have all the coverage with the uh, the signing day on the on Wednesday, yep. beginning at 7 a.m. when the, the signatures come in. We'll have feature stories leading up to that, including another bigger Jackson Arnold uh, piece, uh, you know, and then, you know, going to the bowl game, of course, the, the you know, I think we arrived the 25th, 26th. We'll both be there for Oklahoma's first availability on the 26th. We'll have coordinators and then we'll have players. Uh, I think we'll have players at practice on the 27th, maybe knock on wood. And then the 28th, the coaches leading into the game on the 29th. So it's just interesting to see how Oklahoma attacks this game. Uh, and, and really, they I, I've told somebody this earlier today. I said they're really going to have to match Florida State's intensity. This is Florida State's first bowl game in three years. Uh, they're going to be Florida excited leave. to play some postseason. Uh, you know, they they their three losses a season were against ranked opponents in close games. And in Oklahoma, they, they can't just be happy being there and just playing and going through the motions. They're going to have to really match Florida State's intensity or it's going to get ugly early. And my bet is uh, Brent Venables is teaching and, or talking to those guys about that. Uh, and then also, you know, when we get through this signing day, through this bowl game, another thing we're going to keep an eye on is the wide receiver coach's job. I mean, is LaDamian Washington going to be the guy yeah. Term. Uh, is there is Brent Venables going to go in another direction? Will there be any other coaching changes? I mean, th that's something we're going to have to really watch as well. Yeah, it's it's worth noting just because all around the country you're seeing movement that this coaching staff has stayed intact. Uh, that could change after the bowl game. They may just be choosing to do things a certain way, get through signing day. They certainly have every reason to feel confident about kind of the, the signing class they have and the coaches who've recruited them, but things could change. And then you know, Damian Washington is interesting because even if you remove um, who he is or evaluating the job he did this year, the the lack of clarity on the future, I think, would be the most concerning end from an OU perspective of, of you're trying to recruit out of the portal or, or this week you're trying to recruit some five-star receiver and Damian Washington is in those rooms, but that kid can't be certain, no matter how they feel about him. Yeah. Is it going to be him in a month? Uh, or, or are they going to bring someone in new? So I think that that end of it, um, whether it ends up being with Damon Washington or they bring in another, uh, you know, fill, fill that role with another candidate, that lack of clarity to me is probably the most concerning part right now for the Sooners. But the fact is they're getting to signing day with, with quite an impressive class and 
it, it, we're not talking about, you know, the Sooners plummeting to 40th in the country and losing wide receiver commits left and right. So from, from the looks of it, they're going to get through signing day this way. And then we'll see in January. And as you said, in the portal flood, in the you know potential coaching changes, that's going to be the one really to keep an eye on. Um, let's talk some basketball. Sorry, <laughs> stuff, something, something just hit on uh, social media. Never stops. This Twitter never stops. I mean, anything just, I got to look at? What did I miss? <laughs> uh, I was just looking. It was an OSU one. It looks like Brock Martin uh, getting ready to train for the NFL after his bowl game against Wisconsin. It sounds like he's going to play right. in, in the bowl game, but then go hit the uh, – get ready for the NFL after the bowl game. So I think that's pretty yeah. cool. It's, it's, it's a rare breed to see someone uh, getting ready after the bowl game and want to take part in it. And Brock Martin, uh, Oklahoma State, I know it's not OU related, but he's from just down the road from me, Uluga, Oklahoma, which is just a 10-minute drive from me. So that's pretty cool for that hometown. Uh, let's talk some basketball. Uh, I was, I, I kind of went with, was with you last weekend, last Saturday, OU Arkansas, watched a little bit of that game. Tough matchup for the Sooners. I thought they played well for the most part, just kind of ran out of the gas uh, against a really good Arkansas team. And both the men's and women's programs have had the week off because of finals week. It happens this year every year, but uh, they, got a, they got a game coming up uh, tomorrow, right? Saturday. Yeah, I just got back from Porter Moser's sort of pre-Central Arkansas presser, and it was pretty straightforward. They've, they've had the week off, and so even that was part of the discussion is, you know, how do you balance this week? You got guys taking exams, but also keeping them engaged and coming off a, a tough overall, I think a, a tough loss against Arkansas in Tulsa because it was a game OU led for, I think, something like 16 minutes in the first half and then managed to go to the break losing. And in the second half, kind of that quality of a top 10 Arkansas team uh, came through and it wound up being a double digit loss. So they're they're They've got central Arkansas tomorrow. It's a, a, not by no means an easy game, but they're probably you'd already be looking toward Florida uh, next week in Charlotte, not just because of the opponent there, but because the Sooners at this point prior to getting into to conference play, that's their last shot to really pick up another impressive win. They had chances against Villanova and Arkansas. Uh, Sam Houston, which is not one on opening night, we would have thought maybe thought of this way, but they remain high and and kind of the net rankings. That would have been a, a quality win. So for a Sooners team that that come early March might be right on the margins. And this week, uh, Joe Lenardi had them uh, as his as part of his last four in, so right on that bubble getting into the tournament. They're going to need more of those quality wins. They beat Nebraska, they beat Seton Hall, they beat Ole Miss. Uh, all, all those were at that tournament in Florida over Thanksgiving. Florida uh, next week, early next week in Charlotte. That's kind of that last opportunity. So without overlooking Central Arkansas tomorrow on Saturday, it's that, that one next week, I think that's the one the Sooners have to have circled, thinking about not just a win before conference play, but a win that might matter for them come March. Slipping over the women's program. It's been uh, not a lot of games. They've only played one game since uh, December the 4th. They Because of finals week, they had a week off. They play Southern on Sunday. And then they play Florida. They got their own game against the Gators next Wednesday, too, which is a, a key game for the Sooners, kind of just try to get them to kind of help that pedigree. The last uh, bracketology I saw from um, ESPN, Charlie Cream, I think they had Oklahoma as a fifth seed. So they're in good shape. I think it's one of those things where uh, they're going to play in a tough Big 12. Uh, look, at, look at the University of Kansas unbeaten. I mean, I think KU uh, unbeaten in the Big 12. It's, it's going to be a race on the women's side. So 
Uh, just want to see if they can kind of they kind of came back off that loss on the road earlier this uh, this week this this season, uh, and they're they're really playing good now. Uh, just want to see how they continue to grow before the Big Twelve play. Like like you said, this is the last couple of games before the, the conference starts. Conference starts for the Sooners on New Year's Eve. I think they're at West Virginia on New Year's Eve, so that'll be tough for the Sooners just to hit up the road. But uh, Jeannie Branchek, uh, they're heading to the tournament again. It's just how well would they be? And uh, kind of curious to get really, after football, getting a little bit more deeper into the Sooners, the women's team. I'm going to ask you, as I always do, where are we at on the, the Taylor Robertson three-point record chase? Uh, it's still, I think, you know, I need to I need to really study before I come on this podcast on the numbers. <laughs> It's still, it's, she's, she's going to hit it. It's still close. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you an exact number, but they've only played one game since we last talked. So I do know that she's still got a little way to go. <laughs> Not much, though. And, you know, that's going to be celebrated. I mean, gosh, what a what a, what an outstanding person, what an outstanding player. Uh, you know, she does it in memory of her dad. Her dad passed away uh, when she was in high school, and they used to work on shooting all the time. So I think when that record breaks, it's going to be, you know, dedicated to her dad, the memory of her dad. And uh, so, yeah, so Taylor Robertson, I think it's one of those, those uh, players, uh, one of those truly you won't know what you have until she's gone. And I think if you're an Oklahoma fan, you really do need to step out and watch her play a couple of times before she graduated Oklahoma, graduates at Oklahoma. All right. Well, Eli, I that guess do it for us. That, yeah. That does it for us. I guess we'll we'll have a signing day podcast when we Yeah, get, we'll be back late next week. We'll actually get to talk about players that have officially signed and get Brent Venable's thoughts. So that'll be fun. So we'll do this again next week. So everyone out there, thanks for your time today. Uh, all your different platforms. Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever you listen to podcasts, just give us a holler. All our contact, TulsaWorld.com. And uh, thanks for uh, listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.